0: All right, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. David Miller here, uh, flying solo. Um, I got a cold sore. I was sick for a week. I'm tired, but we're going to do this. I got no partner. Oh, my goodness. No, um, we're going to talk about uh, a sort of addition to um, ear, nose, throat. You know, when you go to the the ENT and... Uh, I don't know, maybe when I didn't know as much, I always thought, oh, it's an interesting combination, your nose, throat, but if you look at your anatomy, it really makes sense. Um, they are all connected. Um, and uh, one of the most common issues uh, that l- little kids have and maybe um, could be prevented in terms of, like, overall use of antibiotics, not that antibiotics are, you know, horrible all the time, but if they're overused, then they're not going to work as well as they should and we're going to... Um, you know, deal with the consequences of overuse of of a heroic intervention sometimes for what's probably most common, a viral infection, um, so otitis media being a uh, middle ear infection. So uh, one of the more interesting things about inner ear infections, or sorry, a middle ear infections is uh, a risk factor that mm, I only learned about uh, from the textbook of natural medicine by uh, and and Murray. I believe those are the authors, um, but I knew about it already from my visceral work because what I found was that um, people who had issues with um, their stomachs almost invariably had some sort of issues with allergies, sinusitis, um, uh, throat issues, and, and now uh, I'm going to add to the mix uh, middle ear infections. So, I went to the research as you know as you do after you find some phenomenon to sort of go okay am i am I baseless in my uh uh observation here and and uh it looks like I'm not um and it looks like there's a lot actually of information on this um I looked at let me see here I got at least five or six studies where there there's definite um relationships between. Uh, laryngeal pharyngeal reflux or gastroesophageal reflux so we're talking about um you know the disordered sort of backflow of um contents of the stomach uh superior for whatever reason and we won't go into the reasons um maybe this time we've probably talked about it there can be structural reasons there can be other reasons but um a really really common thing is to have stomach issues and I know I talk about the stomach all the time and if you're sick of it I'm sorry you're going to continue to hear more about it because it's really really damn important so um what I'm what I'm saying is there's what looks to be uh at least they showed in in this this one study there is um uh where's the pubmed id they didn't put it anyway it's it's a 2021 study association of uh gastroesophageal reflux disease with an increased risk of chronic otitis media with effusion in adults so this is an adult population and i believe it was a korean population um so you know take that uh for what it is um but there's a lot of other studies showing pediatric populations um and not otitis media with effusion just otitis media um there's systematic reviews um and the the Evidence is is uh isn't equivocal. It it says basically, and, and we we'll, I'll go I'll give the number from the one study. It was a one point eight four uh, fold higher risk in the uh, of uh, chronic otitis media with effusion in the eleven year follow up in the GERD group versus the non GERD group. So I was right. There is you know an increased susceptibility to or propensity or or um incidence of um. Ear, nose, throat issues um, when you have issues with the stomach. And the issues with the stomach are rampant. They're absolutely rampant. They're way more common, I think, than people know, and they're already fairly common. I mean, just look at the number of people on Omeprazole and all the other proton pump inhibitors. They sell like hotcakes. <clears throat> so, excuse me my for my flummy throat. and I'm going to have a little sip of of drink here, but... I'm proposing that um, the ENT ear nose throat acronym, when you hear that, you think of scent and you add in the stomach to the ear, nose and throat. And I would propose that if we have uh, children who have you know s- some some uh, predisposition to to get ear infections, we got to try and fix their, um, fix their stomachs. And if you're not adult, same thing. It's, it's probably, um, and it can be silent reflux like that laryngeal, pharyngeal um, reflux, which, you know, maybe just gives you a little bit of a cough or uh, erodes a little bit, the vocal cords, you get some sort of changes with the vocal cords, but um, it's, it's less, uh, less obvious, I guess, than gastroesophageal reflux with your sort of burning and everything substernally. Both of these we need to treat the stomach and there's many ways to treat the stomach. And that's not what this episode about is about. I wanted to really bring to light the fact that this otitis media really common in kids, one of the most common uh, infections for which antibiotics are, are prescribed rightfully or wrongfully in, in many cases um, we should do something about these kids' stomachs and the the reflux that is likely going on. And it's actually going to make me um, incorporate a little bit more um of a uh ear exam into uh into uh my my general assessment and um with a, with the pneumatic sort of uh the pressure sort of go so you press the uh you press the little bulb and increases and decreases the pressure um, when you have a tight seal on the ear so you can see the the membrane of the ear go in and out um So we can have, you know, and that's, that's like most tissues, it like even the osteopaths know, talk about this all the time to an even greater degree, tissues are supposed to be able to move, and hopefully painlessly. Um, And so same thing should happen uh, if you uh, have a, a healthy tympanic membrane or, or eardrum. So... Let's uh, start thinking of the stomach when we think of ear, nose, throat, and remember, like, look, it's the anatomy is is pretty clear here. All that stuff's really connected. And what is the esophagus? Well, the esophagus just turns into anatomically, it just turns into the stomach. Okay, there's no like, it's not like the tissue, the the cells go down to the you know the diaphragm and they stop, and they say, oh, we no longer identify as. Uh, esophageal fibers no those fibers uh they they continue the muscle fibers continue uh down into the stomach they, they they continue in like a spiral form so they are actually um you know elongated portion of the stomach or you could say the stomach is like a um the, what's the opposite of invagination basically like a, a part of the esophagus that sort of got bulbous right like they're the same embryological origin tissues really, really closely associated, we shouldn't be too um, surprised that, you know, an anaco- anatomical weak point, uh, which is the, the hiatus of, of the diaphragm where the stomach uh, and, this, sorry, the esophagus slides through, I mean, that's a weak point of, of our sort of design. So is it surprising that we have some symptoms that are related to that weak point? No. So let's, let's treat stomachs uh, even more, uh, just even better. Especially when we have any suspicion of uh, anything going on with uh, allergic, uh, you know, asthma, allergic rhinitis, and rhinosinusitis. Those are other things that I've seen correlated um, in my clinical experience with with stomach issues. So the better you know the stomach issue, the the better you know the the whispers, the whisperings, the communication of the stomach. The more you'll be able to jump on that, treat that. properly and and maybe then we will uh, really be able to avoid a lot of uh, antibiotic overuse and a lot of uh you know hospital uh, visits and and uh hopefully avoidable suffering for um for these uh these little guys and and maybe for for adults too and so um I actually was gonna do the whole episode to sort of talk about um the homeopathic uh, treatment. That I would say is is most uh, important for us to know. I was uh, inspired by a friend and colleague and lovely Earth angel human uh, to talk about some homeopathy, and um, it wasn't so clear when I did my analysis. Um, but one one thing came pretty clear when I looked at. Uh, I did an analysis of a bunch of uh, you know the more the more reliable symptoms of of GERD. So uh, reflux, uh, laryngeal, pharyngeal reflux, or gastroesophageal reflux. I also did a little analysis of uh, some of the uh, the um, symptoms, homeopathic symptoms um, for ears. So I I looked at I looked at those two and sort of saw okay. So where do the ear, middle ear symptoms that are most common, and where do the reflux symptoms that mo- that are most common is there a remedy that fits both of them uh, quite well? And, of course, a lot of the polycrests come up. The polycrests are the most commonly used remedies. That's why they're called polycrests. Uh, they come up a lot, and so that, you know, they get overrepresented, let's say, um, in the analysis. But the one remedy that I don't use that often for um, for stomach issues and, and definitely not... Uh, maybe not high on my list for otitis media, but was number one in one of the analysis and number two in the other analysis is lachesis. And so I think, um, you know, if, if you've got symptoms that are related to the stomach, um, you know, reflux, esophagitis, substernal burning, you know, that globus hystericus feeling of the lump in the throat, gastrodynia, just like a, a kind of a discomfort of the stomach, and perhaps at the same time you have some issues with the eustachian tube the tympanic membrane sort of your your um you know your your ear your middle ear um if you if you have issues with both of those areas and they seem to be related if you really start to look for the associations the most commonly uh, uh, used remedy I would say would have to be lachesis if I was um, sort of a lay prescriber and, you know, I can't tell anyone what to take. And obviously I'm supposed to tell you to take, you know, whatever your homeopath takes or your medical doctor or your naturopath takes. So there you go, do whatever they say. But at the same time, we know that homeopathics have virtually a zero risk uh, profile. They're very inexpensive and can be very uh, good to have just in the home. Um, and so lachesis would be one I'd I'd recommend that people have in the home. And if you have suspicions of these um, these two ends of the S-E-N-T um, anatomical functional systems there, I would think about using it, um, or at least uh, maybe getting some guidance on using it. So that's it. Guess what? Michelle's not here. So I talked about the stomach again, and I hope you have a deeper understanding of the stomach um, and how it might be related to uh, the, the ear and uh, middle ear infections and perhaps um, doing away with some of these um, prescriptions for antibiotics that um, maybe we could we could just avoid. Okay, so thank you so much for uh, for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you again next week.